Hello and welcome everyone to the show. I'm Kelly. And this is Leslie. And today we have Mary Snow. Mary lives in Guelph, Ontario, ironically 20 minutes from where I live, but we only get to see each other when we're traveling to the States. Otherwise, we're not allowed to see each other when we're like living in close proximity. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. I think uh, I've seen you even like in Quebec before I even like maybe saw you in Ontario. Uh, so thank you so much for having me. Um, like uh, Leslie mentioned, I am based in Guelph, Ontario, which is in Canada. I've been dancing since 2003. I started with Ishra Blanco and I'm still with her actually. Um, but over the years, I've also studied with a number of people in a wide range of genres within the Belladius umbrella. So including uh, like Rock Sharky, which is classically Egyptian, a number of folkloric styles and regional styles. Also um, spent a lot of years in quote unquote tribal styles. I've studied um, many years in Fat Chance Belly Dance, formerly known as American Tribal Style. Um, and then even outside the belly dance genre, um, I've done some um, studying in things like flamenco, Bollywood, Polynesian hip hop, a whole bunch of things. I am a member of Invoctress Dance, which is based in Guelph. And um, Ishra, my teacher, is the founder and artistic director. And we do both um, a representation of uh, classical Egyptian and a lot of fusion. And um, with them, I also choreograph, um, I do instruction, I'm a solo and trick performer. I'm also been a recent member of House of Courts Entertainment in Guelph, which offers a lot of drag and variety shows. And in normal times, I'm a resident belly dancer at a Lebanese restaurant in Guelph called Retour Bistro. But during the pandemic days, um, you'll see me doing online shows and some um, collaborations with other artists and actually tonight we are in a show called Connections which is a collaborative dance show hosted by Angela Josephine from Hamilton Ontario featuring dancers from across the globe doing um, collaborative works and uh, yeah I know this will be aired after that show <laughs> but that's something that is happening tonight. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I was, I'm really excited to talk to you because we've been looking for reactions to what we call season one of Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine. And, uh, you know, when we reached out to you and you sent us your notes, one of the first things was imposter syndrome. And I was just like, this is going to be great. Because uh, Leslie and I, we really didn't talk. We really didn't talk about it that much. I think we might have touched on it a little bit. But when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh!" So yeah, tell us your story with imposter syndrome. Well, it's funny because even when you invited me to be on the show, I'm like, "Who me? Why me? Why would you want me on the show?" There's so many other people that you could talk to who are like bigger stars or well known or more established dancers. Um, so that was a signal <laughs> of that syndrome too. And uh, even just recently, I finally launched my own website, which um, I was really resistive to do for a long time because I'm like, oh, I'm not whatever enough to warrant my own website. But what would happen is when people would ask me for contact information, I'm like, okay, well, here's a link to my bio page on the Invoctress website. And here's a link to my Instagram page. And here's a link to my <laughs> Facebook page. Um, so my imposter syndrome journey has been interesting. I don't even think I, ha I consciously knew I had it for a very, very long time. Mm 
Um, so like I mentioned, um, I'm the managing director of Invoctress, which, and Isha is the founder and creative director. So, which means that my role largely was to support the troupe as a whole and to make sure we're getting gigs and that we're um, organized and all that kind of things. And also to really kind of like pump up like Isra, that's always been kind of been like my role. Um, Cause she's the first to admit she does, she's not the best at social media or marketing or anything like that. So that's why she kind of has me. And so for many, many years, that's just been what I'm used to doing. If something comes our way, I automatically float it to other people like, oh, like belly dance for me because I also have a full-time job. I was like, oh, it's kind of like a hobby that sometimes I'm fortunate enough to get paid for kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, like I'm continually training and developing my own skills. And um, it took me a while to realize that when people ask me to do a gig or to um, speak maybe, or be interviewed like this, it's actually because they actually want me and a unique perspective of what I have to offer. Um, And and I, maybe I shouldn't always be thinking, oh, it, someone else deserves it more because they mm-hmm. are a full-time dancer or they need it more or they're a better dancer than me or whatever right I have I, it took me a while to realize oh there's actually attributes about myself that people mm-hmm. like too <laughs> so um I think it being a support person in a troupe um for a long time and then there were also like somewhat feelings of like guilt like oh like am I somehow being disloyal to the troupe if I like do this thing on my own or by having my own website. Mm-hmm. So there's, and it's totally self-imposed. Like no one is imposing these thoughts on me at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's totally self-imposed. So um, it took me a lot, actually a lot of thinking over the pandemic too, to, because a lot of that happened over this time. I was doing shows by myself. We're not doing big troop gigs anymore because we can't. Um, I finally like had some time to sit down and like do my website. And then doing these things that we don't have to be literally together for, like a podcast interview, mm-hmm. um, have made me realize like, oh, I actually may perhaps have things to offer that are unique to me. Yeah, it's amazing how this, you know, global personal pan pizza that we're stuck in has really like shaken people up and and shook them out. And I mean, there, there's a lot of like, not great things about it. But there, I think when we are sitting with ourselves for so long, like these things just come up and they can be dealt with. So I mean, it sounds like you, you like made like it puts you in a place where you could make progress on those things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then realizing too, like, um, the dance itself is only one aspect of it it's a large aspect Mm -hmm. of it Um, but there are many reasons why someone might want to work with you sometimes it's how you connect on a personal level sometimes it's your professionalism and your dependability sometimes it's other things that you represent and it's not just like oh they're better dancers therefore they should be given these opportunities (laughs) because otherwise who what student would ever rise to you know step into their own life you know what I mean exactly so I'm curious like what is give me like one thing where you're just like ooh that's unique about me and I embrace it that you've come to in the last year or so um we could uh 
talk about this a bit later, but I think a lot of people are attracted to how I'm able to be multifaceted. Okay. In what I Oh yeah, I think we are gonna talk about this a little later. (laughs) (laughs) Um and I think the fact that I'm not a huge star is uh relatable to a lot of people Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, so, because there isn't that like intimidation or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the time when you meet like the quote unquote like famous dancers, you're like, oh, they're just another dork like me. Like, you know. And it's usually, it's so true. It's like they're just people too, right? <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, so you're talking about how, you know, the pandemic has really like, you know, brought you to this place of like being able to focus on yourself. Um, and, you know, addressing imposter syndrome and things like that. And you haven't really been tied to your community in like the traditional sense as we normally are when we're not in a pandemic. Um, so, mm-hmm. and I know that one of the items on your list was community. So what are your, you know, what is your story or your thoughts around community? Um, I think that we actually have a great community and I've read a lot of comments on the social media saying like the belly dance community is so backstabby and so conniving. Um, and like, I guess my reaction is we just haven't found the right community yet to those people because, and maybe because I did develop in a troop setting, um, I've always felt supported and, um, the sense of community, the community has changed though, during pandemic, I feel like like I would often go to like the same big events that I would see you at, right? Yeah. Like the ones in Michigan or the ones in Quebec. And even at like Tribal Rev, you would often see the same faces. And so there was those in-person communities. Now with the pandemic and we don't have that geographical um, borders anymore, the community has has blown up to be like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always... Um, I think what makes community, what shifts your perspective about community is people who see it from a scarcity versus abundant mindset. Oh yeah. And you can see that and you can see the, who those, how, how, what drives those people because a scarcity mindset are often those that like don't want their students to study with other people or um, they want to hoard gigs. They don't want to share gigs or they have like geographical um, territorial issues, like that kind of thing. Um, But if you have an abundant mindset, it actually, and you say you support, yeah, go study with a bunch of teachers, go to a bunch of events or yes, uh, I can't do this gig, but you take this gig. I find that people are actually more drawn to you because um, first of all, they're not feeling like you're going to entrap them (laughs) into like being their only teacher or like you can't hire someone else to do their, to perform at their restaurant or whatever. Um, So I've always viewed community as like more opportunity as opposed to competition Mm -hmm. and um and I think actually looping back to your question as to like why do you think people like me (laughs) (laughs) I I I think that might be one reason because I really uh view people as like oh like you're interesting or like what can I learn from Mm -hmm. you as opposed to your competition or whatever there's an openness yeah. And I, I know that when we did the, I think, was it, uh, which one was it, Leslie? Was it the capitalism one where we were talking about, like, 
uh, abundance and versus scarcity. And uh, it have been it's one of those ones. It was either community or it was capitalism. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because capitalism and community kind of went hand in hand with each other. But yeah, I think when there's an openness, it's completely it ends up having a completely different energy about it. Oh, absolutely. And most teachers that I study with have been very like encouraging of like, here are some beautiful, other beautiful dancers you can study from, or this dancer has great arms. I would, you know, recommend studying with that person or this person is more knowledgeable about this style than Mm -hmm. me. So um, I think that that energy attracts the like energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've always had a, I've had a generally very positive experience with community. Well, and I think too, when you start out in a troupe where, um, I mean, I don't know if you think that that's had an impact. I know that cause I started out in a troupe and that definitely had an impact. So, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think having that troupe experience first? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I've been with the troupe for a very, very, very long time. And we haven't always had people that clicked. Mm-hmm. It's just human nature, right? And things could get awkward, but I think once you just accept that that happens in life um, and that people aren't on your wavelength and it's best for everyone to just let let them go or let people find their own path. And then the people that you surround yourself with are they going to be the people that you click yeah. with. Yeah. And so even like, like in a way, like the troop is kind of like a microcosm of the, like, the community yeah. at large. A microcosm of the macrocosm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, even like we have a bit of a criteria um, for invokers, and the danceability is just one mm-hmm. of them. It's just one of them. Um, and another one is the camaraderie of that person with the troop. So um, under normal times, we would often have like, if they make it up to a level of an apprentice, then they'll like kind of apprentice with us for like a year just to see how that chemistry mm-hmm. um, works. Yeah. And and we've had people come and go and we've had, and the people that have been with us, um, many have been with us for like a very, very long time. And then some people might've been with us for a long time and then decided that they're into something mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm just realizing that's life and that's yeah yeah well and it sounds like you have like a good criteria or you know boundaries (laughs) set to they were were from lessons learned (laughs) I think every troop has that story on some level (laughs) yeah because I mean in the early years you're just happy people want to dance with you. So it's kind of like a free-for-all. Like everybody's welcome. And then it's harder once they're in to kind of be like, okay, this is not working out now. What do we do? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that myself and I've also seen it happen with other troops and it is, it's such a, it's such a reflection of what happens in our, in our regular lives, you know, because, hey, you know, in your regular life, you deal with people. Well, guess what? You're still just dealing with people. It just happens to be in a studio and in costume. (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) But, you know, kind of going back to imposter syndrome, um, I know that uh, I know that there's been like this feeling, uh, especially with the pandemic, 
of like everything coming online like oh who would want to study with me they can study with Jill Parker online and it's super easy um you know should I even bother to keep doing this and do you I mean do you have any thoughts around that because like I I mean I see you on social media you're very active and I and I love it so I mean for for the person who's saying like oh why bother like I mean what would you say to them I would just say that um there's enough for everybody and every person has unique things to offer and yeah like now is a great time to study with people who you couldn't before and recognize that people who might have been with you might be taking advantage of those opportunities um but if but they may or may not come back Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. I guess so I guess um it, it might be a question of asking yourself um is it worth my effort to have some people with me who really want to be with me or is it not mm-hmm. kind of thing? It's just kind of the way it is. Right. Um, and yeah, every person I've studied with, they offer something unique, which is why I like to study with multiple mm-hmm. people. And uh, I guess you don't really know until you mm-hmm. try and these things do take time to build up. Yeah. So yeah yeah it's 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 tough and it can be very intimidating Mm -hmm. right now I think too it centers around you know joy as well like you know do you like you only you have three people in your class like you know does it if it's if it's bringing you joy who cares like it's also that it's also that aspect of it too is like looking as to like why you know what is the driver of why I'm doing this (laughs) Exactly. And I used to teach. Um, I haven't taught a class in a while. Um, and I used to teach. I, I actually used to teach kind of like ATS mm-hmm. style <laughs> dance. And I really enjoyed my time as a teacher, but um, it, it was a priority thing and it was a time thing for me. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I do work full time and I have a family and I perform and train mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> so and as every every teacher knows it's not just like that hour you spend in class it's the time doing lesson prep and selecting music and designing your your format and like all that kind mm-hmm. of time and even though I really enjoyed it I realized I'm like you know what in my list of priorities it's not at the top and there are a lot of great teachers out there that I can refer them to it's not a reflection of me or my yeah. abilities it's is it worth it for me? Is it worth the trade-off for the time? And so what I did to kind of like keep it somewhat active is like I would offer privates or I would do kind of like one-offs. Mm. So like a, a gym would reach out, can you teach a class at a gym or can you, can I do like um, a private lesson or like saying just not as regular of a thing. That's why I loved teaching workshops. You know, yeah. it was just like two hours, boom. And done. Like I love yeah. teaching workshops when I was back when I was teaching. I do too, and I really love, and I love teaching. Like um, one of my favorites are like doing festivals mm-hmm. or parties or corporate events because there are people that have never done it before. Yeah. Oh my god, that's always fun. <laughs> and those are super fun for me, like because I can kind of like see that wow, like whoa, like like what my body can do, mm-hmm. and giving them a bit of like the context of the dance and 
that kind of education too. Like I study what some, like Ishra is a technique geek. Like she gets into like the muscles and the drilling and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, she's better at that. I don't really want to go into that as a teacher. Like I love it as a student. So, so I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I guess it was just like trying to find like the balance that works yeah. for you, for your life and how much effort you want to put mm-hmm. into it, how much you get out of it. Well, with this past year, um, are there, you, you had mentioned, you know, like there's tons of teachers that, you know, you can study with now because it's all online. Is there, is there anyone in particular that you've studied with this past year? Um, yes, actually, funnily enough, she's Canadian. Cause I've studied, like I studied with Cami a little, but I've also studied with her in lo- like in person too. So the person who I haven't studied with in person, who I did study with online was Florence Leclerc, who is Canadian and um, she is from Quebec. And um, she is, uh, I think she's primarily a rock shark key dancer, but she is gorgeous. And she always has, this has like footwork, like butter and the most expressive, beautiful arms and, um, when I, the weeks that I've spent studying with her, like I feel my dance game go up mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's challenging and it's new. Um, yeah. Yeah. And she has like a whole different background that she comes from. Like, I believe that she comes from like a ballroom, ballroom, mm-hmm. ball, what did I say? A ballroom background mm-hmm. too. So she has that kind of like amazing posture and tight turns and just things that are very applicable like to any style mm-hmm. you choose to do. Um, so I regularly study with her um, and I study every week with Ishra and Melissa Gamal. So Ishra has kind of shifted to a more um, like a dance as a spiritual practice as a movie meditation. Okay. And that's like my jam yeah, yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um so I love that but I like to balance it I always try to keep like some sort of classical Egyptian training Mm -hmm. going and so Melissa Gamal is excellent for that and I've done some time with um Audra Simmons and uh Mm Little as well and I've also did uh what is her name she does a lot of like yoga flow she has a couple um classes on Datura Heather's dance yeah oh I love Heather I've done classes with her oh my god I was sore for like a week after I do a class with her she does a lot of like floor work like movement yoga yeah. type of work it's she's so good. like she's like you know OG what we used to call tribal <laughs> fusion um, yeah. person uh, <laughs> and originally from I think she's from originally from Chicago which is like a hop skip and a jump from where I am yeah, she used to do ATS with Marty that's who they used to do ATS yeah. together right back yep. in San Diego kind of she's been around a long time oh my gosh when when we look at the history and you're like oh my god that was 20 years ago what oh my god how long have I been dancing I know yeah the glory days of like uh, belly ass superstars and the indigo Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so much I mean so much has changed and I know that was also in, in your notes about how I mean things things have changed and I know that you do uh, like you do traditional but you also do fusion and I know like a big conversation that's happening and 
it, please note, yes, it should be happening, uh, is that yeah. around cultural appropriation. So, I, you know, how are, how are you navigating this? I think everybody's navigating it in different ways, and there's no right or wrong way to really do it. Yeah, no, I definitely think there's a huge shift that's been going on right now. Uh, and I agree, it's necessary. I think it's opened up a lot of eyes. And um, th so like we know been, there's been a lot of talk about renaming conventions. So like people are moving away from like using the word tribal, for example, um, and then like American tribal style just rebranded to Fat Chance Belly Dance. And then we're also seeing like this mass exodus from that yeah. um, style yeah. of dance too, because of like, the appropriative nature of some of the aspects and people agree with it people disagree with it and like I think myself as well as like a lot of like those those big name dancers from the past if you look in your early days you're like I did some cringe worthy things like I, oh you know, like I wore the bindi. right here I wore <laughs> I yeah right like I wore the bindi I wore the questionable costume I danced to the questionable music um and I think a lot of it is just like that ownership of like, listen, I didn't know then, I know now. And like Maya Angelou says, right? Like when you know better, you do better. And I think people react, there's different reactions across the board. Some people are like, yes, we're here for it. Others are like digging in and they're like, like no, like like art, like art and culture changes. Um, so isn't this part of a natural evolution? And yeah, there, there's a part of me like, yes, that happens, right? And that happens. And even that has happened in what we might look at as like classical belly dance is a relatively new thing as a lot of us know it. But I think a lot of it is like listening to the people of culture and just continually learning because you learn, you did what you did at a moment in time based on what you knew at that moment in time. So and now being in always like kind of being a like a Egyptian dancer and a fusion dancer and I see a lot of like um the perspectives on both sides a lot of it is just like listening and learning and being respectful and continually educating yourself as to like hey why is this harmful if I choose to do this what are the possible implications who might I harm um how can I support the people who I'm benefiting from. Um, yeah, I've seen too, like dancers kind of like being afraid of being like, okay, well, I'm a fusion dancer. I should only be a fusion dancer. So I'm not gonna dance any Middle Eastern stuff anymore. Or like, okay, I'm only gonna study Middle Eastern stuff. I'm not doing like any fusion dance anymore too. Um, so I think a lot of people, what rubs them the wrong, wrong way is the, re the reaction of dance of how dancers react to when concerns are brought mm -hmm. up it's not necessarily like what they did there's like okay you did this it was questionable it was probably something you shouldn't have done but to um be like okay I acknowledge that I will do better I think most people are pretty for like forgiving or understanding about mm -hmm. that it's when you dig your heels in where you're like well you know, like I can't have any fun. It's dance. It's art. I should be able to like do whatever mm -hmm. I want because art is subjective. You and... can't tell me. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell me what to do. It's just no. So in, in both just like we do a lot of fusion, and um, we make an effort that whatever we fuse, we study in. So whether 
that like like we've done we've used with Irish dance before. We we studied with an Irish. Oh dancer. wow. <laughs> Yeah, or like with flamenco, like Isha continually studies with flamenco, so he's very well informed in that style. Or um, if we want to fuse, like like whacking, we'll go and study mm-hmm. with a whacking instructor, like that kind of thing. Yeah, and then and mm-hmm. then you know that is going because I I know there is the you know and then that goes back to the people that it is coming from so yeah yeah I know there's yeah I don't know if there's like a right or wrong to it's 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 a very like uh it's a charged conversation yeah oh definitely and it can be very uncomfortable but I think people just need to um be open Mm -hmm. to it and what I've found lately that's so charged I mean we're recording this in May of 2021 um is that uh, like you were talking about with like the uh eight like the ats dancers it's like what one of the i mean one of the things i've seen i mean regardless of what kind it is it's like if you're leaving people see that as an affront and it's just kind of like no they're just doing what's best for them (laughs) You know, and yeah. it's just like a lot of times when I see things, I'm like, I wish we could just take a step back and just give each other a little bit of space, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that gets into two. There's so much in that, Kelly, what you're talking about, because yeah, that gets into quitting too. And people hate yes to be seen as a quitter. And it's like, you're not, you know what I mean? Like, yes, are you quitting because of the conversation? Or are you quitting because you're a quitter? Or are you quit? It's like, who cares? Like, let's all just, ca- you know, be nice to each other and just respect that people move on and move forward. And that's okay. If, if this isn't the space for them anymore and they're not comfortable, that's okay. They, everybody deserves to be comfortable and happy. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And no one has to announce it either. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that too, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, my favorite are the people that are announcing they're leaving social media. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a choice. I don't know if I had a choice, but anyways, that, oh. cut that part out. <laughs> I'm gone from Facebook. Bye, all you losers. No. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's funny that when people get into that announcing, I think sometimes there's this little mentality of, well, if I tell everybody I'm about to leave dance, maybe everyone will come make me feel better and I'll stay. You know, like maybe not, but there's sometimes that kind of tone of it too. So you guys got to be, you know, I usually take that with a grain of salt, like, okay, good for you. I'm happy you're moving forward. And, you know, I know a lot of studios closed. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of studios closed last year and is like, good for you. Like onward to a new chapter. Don't like dwell on the past. Let's move on. Yeah. You know. And I think there's a lot of people too, who are in the like Midland space. I mean, I can kind of say that about myself that like, I mean, I haven't performed in I don't know how long and I'm about to embark on getting my dance therapy credential. Um, If COVID ended tomorrow and Sarah said, hey, I'm doing sparkle motion in a month, would I go? Oh, yeah, I would go. I want to see my friends, though. Like, what's yeah. the real reason I'm going? Is it because of dance or is it because I want to see my friends? 
Like, and I mean, and it's okay if it's just, I want to see my friends. It's also okay if it's, I just want to dance or if it's both, or if it's just the, you know what? I still need time to think about it. I'll see y'all maybe on the next go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just okay to breathe and be in you know, I mean, I can only I can really only speak from American culture, but like we don't like uncertainty. <laughs> We're not really good at that. <laughs> I mean, I like no, really. <laughs> I like to think that humans in general are kind of like that, but like sometimes when I see people responding from that place of like, what? what what you're doing what? Like it's coming from that like a wound of uncertainty or something like that. And I mean, I might be right or wrong about that. I don't know. But that's just how it seems to me sometimes. It can also come from a place that could generally, you know, when you change and grow and if someone's not been around you while you're moving forward, you know, it can be like, oh my gosh, you were so, you know, you were there for me when I needed this or you were inspirational in this capacity. It's like, hey, that can still be there. I just got to move forward. Like that's, yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes you just got to, yeah. It's kind of felt with the the troop guilt yeah. I guess like I had I had to realize that by me kind of doing my own thing does not negate the support I would still provide the troop and how as a whole for each of us to succeed on our own yeah. it makes the troop as a whole flourish yeah. too. See I never grew up in a troop culture I grew up in such a small area of belly dance and fusion I think it was one of the first there were two of us that were doing fusion in the area so no, you know what i'm saying so it was just like who are these people doing this and what is that and i had done rock sharky but so like building a troop of people but we were usually pretty good at like letting each other go too but i could see that because you we still all look out for each other the people that i was you mm-hmm. know in a group with we still look out we still check in with each other do all that stuff but we were comfortable to kind of move forward but yeah i could see it though like if it was really tight sure yeah you know yeah well we are coming close to the end of our time but i wanted to there's one more topic we have i I am so like virgoing this with the compartmentalization (laughs) but i have a i have a you know other virgo over here so yeah (laughs) um virgo virgo powers activate so um, I wanted to bring it back down to you, Mary, because you do a lot. I mean, you've got work, you've got a family, you do dance. And um, I think it's really important to talk about how you navigate all of that, because I think that's very relatable, because let's face it, a lot of people who who dance, they don't just dance, they do a ton of other stuff. So mm-hmm. how do you make it work? <laughs> Um, so at the beginning of the year, in a very Virgo fashion, I like to set a theme <laughs> for the year. I love it. Um, last year, last year was pause, and I didn't know exactly how that would manifest mm. itself. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, but this, this year, it's don't force it. So what that means is... Um, I mean, it can mean a lot of things. It can mean like don't force friendships, don't force projects to happen that no one wants to be a part of, don't force people's opinions to change. It was just kind of like a general like don't force it um, theme. And but what that does for you if it, is it makes you realize the things in your life that um, you do want and that you want to have as a priority. And so yeah, there's like a million things that like I would love to do. Um, 
but I have to look at my day and my energy and be like, okay, what are the things I want to do? And so like, yes, I work. That's a big chunk of it. <laughs> so, and then also like, okay, I have little kids. That's another big chunk of it. And there's other things that I look at, like, okay, there's dance. There's like, I want to learn how to play the guitar. I'd love to learn how to speak Vietnamese. Like there's a lot of other like little things, right? And it's like, okay, what can I realistically do? And so for me, it's dance. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, I did start like doing the guitar thing and I was actually pretty good at doing it every day, but then it fell off. And then part of it is just realizing, okay, now's not the time. And even last summer, uh, I did some online shows, but there was a large period of time where I didn't dance like at all in the summer. And I, my heart just wasn't into it at the time. And I think part of balancing is acknowledging, like you don't have to be 100% at everything all the time, that there's going to be ebbs and flows. But if dance is enough of a priority for you, you have to build it into your life, um, whether that is booking gigs in advance so you have something to work for i'm a mo i'm a results oriented person so i know like if i if i have a gig like monthly ish it will keep me in the game because i don't want to look like an idiot when i do mm -hmm. a show mm -hmm. <laughs> right um also doing live online classes is way better for me than doing a recorded class like i don't know the last time i logged into detour online i am very ashamed to say that <laughs> Because no one's holding me accountable. I never have been for that exact reason. I know yeah. I won't do it. But if I have I if I have to be somewhere on time, I'm there 15 minutes early. <laughs> me too. Me too. And so a lot of it is just evaluating, okay, what is important to you? Um I watched a really interesting talk. I wish I could remember who it was from, but a lot of it is look at how you spend your time and that will often tell you what's important to you. Um, and I spent a lot of time dancing and it's not because I'm like eager beaver going to every single class. I have to drag my ass to class sometimes like everyone mm -hmm. else. Like people seem to think I'm really motivated because I'm, I guess, active, but it doesn't mean I'm motivated. It just means I do yeah. it <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and then I just realized I've never regretted going to a class. I've never regretted putting in the work, um, but I will regret myself if I, if I mm. don't. And then it's just establishing those around the people in your life. Like, okay, listen, like dance is a priority. I want to spend this much time doing it a night. So if you could leave me alone for these times during the day, that would be great. It's also sometimes making deals with yourself too. Cause like, I love to Netflix and chill. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like, okay, I will put in time for dance between like eight and nine, and then I'll have the rest of the night to Netflix and chill. It is not like drilling hardcore for an hour. Sometimes it's like listening to music, doing some research, mm -hmm. just improving a little bit. But there are periods of time, like last summer, where I didn't do it for like months. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. And then realizing, and I do this, I, I give this advice to a lot of people that worry about FOMO is like, you know, this isn't going anywhere. Like you need to take a break from it and need to come back. Like it's always there. Like, okay. So you sit out for the show. There will be future shows. Like take the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Like how important is it to you? Maybe you're over it. Maybe you want to give it another shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, maybe you just need space. 
you know? Yeah. But, you know, like, and uh, Leslie, I'm having flashbacks to like our conversations in fall of like, you know, but isn't that such like a capitalistic thing of like, you've always got to be doing, 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 you know, if you're not out there, you'll just be forgotten. And it's like, nah, you, you really won't. <laughs> well, and you've got to make sure you're not, I mean, it's such a balance too, right? Yeah. Because you do too much, you start turning into this you are the capitalist dream, right? Because you're doing the Wonder Woman. You're doing yeah. all these things, right? I'm a super mom. I'm working this much and I'm doing, and it's like, that's not going to help anybody. So it's really just like to your point, Mary, right? It's like, if it really is important to you, you'll find the time for it. And if the time isn't there, that's okay too. Like, like chill, mm-hmm. it's okay. But And even like linking it, like how to balance it with like the family time, because I have, you know, dealt with, guilt about like oh like time I spend on dance is time away from them kind of thing but then I realized like nothing holds a mirror up to your face as self-reflection more than having kids and (laughs) it's because everything that you do they see right and so it's I tell myself okay what do I want to model like for my kids I have a boy and a girl so I would like to model like for my daughter you can be a mom and have a career and dance if you want to like you can do all these things and then I also want to model like for my son like women have the choice to do whatever they want Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well so that actually is a really big motivator for me because I'm like okay they are seeing like mommy isn't sacrificing her whole entire life to serve us yeah or or someone who works you know married to her job like all day long because I could also be that person Mm -hmm. they see you move through the world as a whole person exactly yeah that's very important and I mean and I think that's I mean I think that's just an important message to give anyway I mean one of the I mean I'm 46 almost 47 and it's interesting like amongst my friends whether it be like you know whether they be you know um women or not um just this feeling of of like realizing the fracture you know the like the mm-hmm. fracture of self and realizing like oh no I can be like I can be a whole person it's okay <laughs> you know so yeah. so it's like yeah I like modeling it for your children but I think we also like just modeling it for anyone is oh yeah and that that's huge that's huge and I get a lot of that feedback um from other women and mom mm-hmm. is like they're just like amazed yeah <laughs> it blows their mind and I'm like well you can do it too like yeah not to do it but they can also not do it that's what I'm trying to like that's the trick right it's like I've had friends who are like wow how do you do all this yeah. I'm like because I want to yeah. if you don't want to do this that's okay too like you've done you're doing a lot of stuff like I used to have a friend who used to be amazed I'm like wait a minute you go camping like every other weekend you're in a relationship with somebody you have an old dog you have like you do a really hard job you have all this thing. like you're doing a ton of shit too you know and it's like I think we have to stop like you know what I'm saying like yeah. why are you doing it and I can't mm-hmm. it's like you are doing it you're doing what you need to do like be where you are and so that's kind of the the hard part mm-hmm. I think is for folks to kind of decipher sometimes it's that comes back to that capitalism it, stuff right yeah. it's like you know, yeah. gotta do it all and yeah. beautifully, perfect. It's like, nope. 
Yeah, and so, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people just, you know, yeah. like there's a lot going on and um, motivation's not there and there's other struggles that are happening. Um, and it's fine to put dance on the back burner. Yeah. If while you deal with other things in life, mm-hmm. take care of yourself first. Exactly. Well, Mary, can you, where can we find you if people are like, I want to find Mary on social media, where can, where can people find you? Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram and my handle there is mary.snow.official. And I also have my newly launched website, which is marysnow.ca. And those are probably the two best places to find me. And yeah, we can take those and we can definitely link them in the show notes. So... Well, at this time, I would like to say thank you so much for being here and having this chat with us. I, we really appreciate it. That was my pleasure. I really enjoyed the first season and especially knowing you personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also having like kind of like that pseudo-Canadian content too. That local content was really interesting for me because like it's kind of like, like for once, like I am somewhat involved in what they're talking about. Like, oh, I was there mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun for me too. Well, thank you. We, we, we appreciate all of the listening that, that people do <laughs> because I mean, we kind of got to this place where we were just kind of like, we should really just have these conversations out loud. And then after we had them, it was just kind of like, I wonder if anybody else wants to, to do that with us. So <laughs> again, we appreciate you being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next time. Thanks for listening.